Hello and welcome to the comeback episode of the What's Up Jay podcast. It has been a minute, but don't worry, we are coming back with a banger of an episode today. I'm your host, Jay, and I had the privilege of having my good friend Max Temple on the pod for an incredible conversation. This episode was recorded on May 26th, and we talked about our time together studying at Castle University. Max told the story of his collegiate wrestling career. We took a deep dive into positivity, what motivates us to stay positive and spread that positivity to others. And we may or may not geek out about the upcoming Spider-Man film later this year. But before we get into any of that, make sure you subscribe to the What's Up Jay podcast wherever you get your podcast from right now. Trust me, you don't want to miss spicy episodes like this one. But friends, without further ado, let's see what's up with Max. Max, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, uh, you know, talk to me on the What's Up Jay podcast. How are you today? I'm doing well, man. I'm I'm really happy to be here. I've been looking forward to this. We've been talking about this for a super long time now, so it's uh, it's been a long time coming, and it's finally nice to see it come to fruition. Hey, man, you know, when I was doing the podcast a year ago, when I was planning on making it either semi like either like bi-weekly or weekly episodes i was like max is going to be one of like the first guests and then i only had like the two episodes and then just <laughs> stopped recording them because of life but i appreciate you thinking of me you know first episode back had to bring him in uh it's max temple from you're from april park originally are you still living in that area uh, sort of. So now I'm living over in Menans, Loudonville, New York area. So mm-hmm. right across the river, I uh, just moved into a new place with my girlfriend. So that's been a new adventure, been fun so far, but, uh, it's nice to kind of get out of the folks house and, uh, you know, venture on. So I feel that man. I mean, so I've lived in an apartment with, uh, my, you know, partner, Melissa before I've lived in a couple, um, I saw that you had posted on Facebook, actually, uh, you've learned a couple of things about, <laughs> about living yeah. with, uh, women, uh, take me through, you know, first time living on your own with, yeah. uh, that special someone. So it's, it's different, you know, there's things that you got to pick up on, you know, that you gotta, you gotta make some changes, you know? So I grew up with my little brother, like, so we shared a bathroom for years and never really had to think about like leaving the toilet seat down. Um, that's something I picked on quick because she lets me know all the time when I don't. So it's small things like that, but just kind of learning how to compromise and, um, you know, make decisions together. Um, I think I've, I've learned a lot and it's only been, it's only been a week. So, um, but you know, just kind of a, being able to appreciate what one another does for each other and in small ways, whether it's, Oh, you know, I cooked dinner tonight or I helped with the dishes after I took the trash out, whatever it might be. Those little things, I think just showing your appreciation for that. Um, I think it goes a long way. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been a good adventure and I'm looking forward to continually learning and up in my game. And, uh, so it'll be good. 
Well, first off, congratulations on the new place. Um, I know what it felt like for me to have my first place, you know, you know, post, you know, parents home. Um, but how's the relationship going with, uh, with Emily, right? That's her name. It's going really well. She's really awesome. You know, you ever just kind of experience you like you've had your past relationships, right? You know, crazy ones, not just ones that didn't work out when you're young. And, um, I think, you know, being in a new place in my life and kind of being at this in this relationship that, you know, I really feel like I'm really growing with someone, um, at the same time. And, uh, I think it's important and it's been really good for me. And I've seen just a lot of growth in myself, you know, since being with her. So it's, it's good. And I think, uh, you know, I think everybody deserves that feeling of knowing that they're in the, in a good spot with someone. And, uh, cause I know we've all been there where we've been in situations that just kind of take away from our happiness and take away from, um, you know, us as individuals in a way. And I think with Emily, I've really found someone where I can be an individual and I can pursue my own things. And I got like a great supporter right behind me and I can do the same for her. So it's been really good. It's funny. You mentioned, uh, you know, timing, because I feel like that word perfectly sums up how I feel about me and Mel, because like, not even necessarily when we started dating, like that was obviously perfect, you know, timing. But when we decided to move into our own place, I feel like the timing was literally perfect. Cause we were at a point where like we had kind of lived together before at her brother's place and we already kind of knew each other and how we kind of operated as a relationship, as like a duo, you know? So. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's important. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, but Max, I do want to talk to you about uh, your college journey because I think that you and I, um, not the exact same, you know, road to where we are currently, but, um, you know, similar journeys. Um, can you kind of talk me through because we met, at Castleton University, which we can get into that a little bit later on, but how did you end up there? Where were you, where were you kicking around before that? So, you know, my, my journey, I was definitely, definitely, I kind of took a long detour, I guess you could say to kind of get to where I am and where I kind of always knew I wanted to be just didn't really, you know, when you're an 18 year old kid, you're going through a bunch of changes in life and you you don't really know what you want, you know? And I, I felt like as an 18 year old kid, I got lost, you know, everything was always put together for me. You know, I, I was a wrestler. I was a good student. I was, you know, a kid from Averill park and that's kind of all I knew. And then all of a sudden I had to make these big decisions. Um, I was in again, you know, to kind of piggyback on, I think I was in a, you know, confusing relationship, um, stuff like that. It just, it, it all kind of just kept me back from, you know, what I was trying to pursue. And, and I guess a big part of me didn't really know what I was trying to pursue. Um, so, you know, out of high school, I was, I wanted to wrestle, didn't want to wrestle, um, really confused. And so I ended up just staying home, staying with what I knew and what I was comfortable with. And, um, you know, I've learned today for that, you know, that's a mistake, you know, staying, sticking with that comfort and, you know, it's important to get out of your comfort zone, but I went to Siena College for a semester right out of high school. Um, 
you know, I did well there. I, I didn't mind it at all. It was a good school. Um, but I just felt like I wasn't in the right place. You know, I, I missed the wrestling mat. I missed, um, I wanted experience being away. Um, but it didn't make sense to transfer somewhere like right then and there. I just felt, all right, I need to finish the rest of the year out home, take the summer, get refocused be ready to, you know, move on. So I, I ended up going to Hudson Valley spring semester just to save money. It made more sense. Just get some credits out of the way. Um, and that's when kind of led me back to Castleton. So, I mean, I, I took some detours and I, you know, originally out of high school, I was supposed to go to Castleton. That was my, that was a school I actually had picked and committed to. And I ended up decommitting from there. And, uh, I just always felt it was the right place, but I just wasn't at the time ready to make that jump. Um, and you know, it's okay. Not everyone has that clear cut path, right. From 18 years old. It's tough. It's a tough ask sometimes. It's funny when you say like, because you had, you know, committed to CU, I hadn't committed. My high school grades were not that great. Um, but I was like really interested in Castleton because I had that, um, itch to kind of either do broadcasting or journalism in the sports field, which is not currently what I'm doing, but I had that idea and I knew, you know, the infamous, uh, you know, Don Lehman, as you hear about in those Dave blow classes, he was my younger brother's baseball coach in little league. So I like knew him growing up and I had known that he had went there and I knew that they had a really good program. I had not met Dave blow at that, you know, juncture of my life, but I ended up going to SUNY Adirondack for, I ended up staying there for three years to save money and spread out my like credits. So I didn't feel I was like overloaded because I was also playing soccer at the time. What years were you at Hudson Valley community college? Because I did play a couple of soccer games down there. And I'm curious if I was, was on campus the same time as you. So it was the spring of 2017. Uh, that was the one semester I was there. So first year of college and yeah, the spring semester there. So just about four, four or five months there. Yeah. So you spent the spring there. Now what went into making those decisions? Like what was your mindset going into that? Because like you had said, uh, you know, Castleton was your original commitment and then you decommitted to go to Siena at first. Uh, what went into that? Um, so I was committed. I was going to go wrestle in college and, um, then I just, you know, I was a little burnt out from my high school career, just, uh, really tired. You know, when you train, you know, four straight years of high school wrestling, really no breaks. You know, I, I trained all summer long, all spring and even the fall. So I think, uh, you know, I think I was a little burnt out and I think a big part of it was I was a little bitter too, about how my high school career ended. You know, I worked really hard and I just never reached the level. I always had a dream of being a state champion. And, you know, I was only able to ever get, you know, top five in New York State. So for me, it was like I was pretty upset by that because I felt like hard work just wasn't paying off for me. And, um, you know, I later learned that that's just a part of the game. It's a part of life. And you're not you're you're going to work hard sometimes and things aren't going to really work out the way you hoped um but i you can always take something from every you know every situation um and bring it into the next you know chapter of life or the next thing in life so um and then you know just again being a confused 18 year old kid you know being in a relationship being 
you know, missing family. That was like a big thing for me. So that kind of what led me to just sticking home, sticking with my comfort zone and what I, what I knew. And then, uh, you know, like I said, made my way over to Hudson Valley, got the itch for wrestling again, found out Castleton was still interested, which I didn't think was the case just because I was going to go there and then didn't. But the, you know, coaching staff at Castleton really still welcomed me and checked up on me. And that, and that meant a lot to me. So that's kind of where I decided, you know what, I belong at this school. This is where I wanted to be. I still can see myself being there. And that's what led me to Castleton, Vermont. Now, what was, when was your first semester officially at CU then? So first semester at CU was the fall of 2017. So I ended up coming in the fall and I believe you were the fall of 2018, right? Yeah. 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 Because I moved in, you were a CA of Babcock, Babcock Hall, the OG. (laughs) Yeah. We got, we'll for sure be talking about Babcock Hall. Oh, we gotta, we gotta do it. Let's get into it right now because honestly, that's where the story goes. Um, obviously my, the first face, the first few faces I see as I'm pulling up with my luggage, you know, the first time I was growing my hair out, it was like frizzy and unhealthy as all heck. And I see Rebecca Santamore, Thomas Tift, I think, and Casey. And I think you were either there already or came back outside. Yeah, because you're the one that ended up helping me upstairs to the room. You gave me that first introduction into Babcock Hall. Yes, I did. How was that? Uh, how was that a uh, full day for you? Working? Uh, it was. Uh, it's very tiring. Moving day is always exhausting. Um, but it, you know what? It's so rewarding because you know I I've gotten to see a ton of residents, and you're one of the biggest ones. You know. Obviously, my first few weeks as a CA was your first week, few weeks as a Castleton student um, and kind of just seeing you go from this guy who would just like go and fill up his water, his water cup and like say, hey, and just like walk back into his room to be in this like energetic, outgoing guy who just did all these really good things at Castleton. So that was like a really cool thing to see. And I got to see that with, you know, a few different people, but, uh, you know, your story to me really stands out just kind of seeing how you were the shy guy to this outgoing, you know, everybody, everybody knows you on campus kind of guy. So it was cool to see the development that you made and the growth that you had. I appreciate that, man. That, That hits me right there in the, right there in the chest area, you know, makes me, uh, makes me feel pretty good. Um, I will say that was my first time being on my own, like legitimately because I out of high school, went to ACC or soon had a round deck. So I just lived at home because it's like a five minute drive from my house. And that was, that was literally my first time like being away from my home for like any extended period. So I went through this like few week phase of like, Cause the only person I knew through any connection was Miranda because I, I didn't even know her when she went to Sudan around deck, she was there. So like we had that kind of connection on like the opening weekend. So she was like the only person I spoke to for like a week or two. And then the rest is history. As they say, yeah. everybody, everybody brought it out of me, you know, it's crazy, man. It really is, you know, going into a new place where you just really don't know too many people. And, um, it's, it's gotta be such a different situation, but you know, the fact that 
you kind of figured things out and navigated through. And, um, you know, it speaks a lot to who you are and where you're headed to. I think, uh, I think your ability to be able to do that is going to take you, you know, in the next chapters of life. So I don't think so far we've gotten across how incredible Babcock Hall was at least that first year. Cause the second year, I will say I ended up moving out. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't the same, it wasn't the same. <laughs> but, uh, could you give me some of your favorite memories of being a CA or a RA if you didn't go to Castleton, uh, any fun stories? Obviously you don't need to tell me anything about, you know, busting into, into someone's room, but, <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's been way too many memories that I, that can come across from that year in Babcock Hall. Um, Cause like pretty much every night we were all making memories together. You know, it turned into such a tight fit community, you know, with however many of us there were just hanging out in the CA office in the common area pretty much every single night. Um, but really what stands out to me is the, like the bonds, the relationships with the individuals that I made that year, um, you know, from my CA staff of Casey, Emily and Rebecca to, all the residents, you know, Pat, Amir, Bailey, I could go on and on, Miranda, Beth, all of them. So it's, it was, uh, it's crazy. It's just uh, so many people kind of came together and, and, uh, it's something special. It's something that even if I'm not talking to any of them much anymore, I'll still remember all the memories. I'll still remember all of it. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's special. So I feel that man. Shout out to a friend of the pod, Bailey Lawrence, because uh, she actually reached out to me like the other day and was like, yo man, like miss you. I was thinking, oh yeah, you know, and I'm really hoping that we have like a get together once, you know, the pandemic is, it's starting to slow down obviously because of vaccines flowing, getting in arms. Absolutely. But you know, hopefully sometime over the summer, maybe we'll be able to, to get the Babcock squad back together. It'd be nice, man. It's been, it's been too long and everyone's kind of off doing their things now. And it's really cool to see everyone succeed and and do really well and, and kind of navigate their way through the next chapter. I know some of them are still at Castleton, still getting through the undergrad life, which they are. It's kind of crazy, but like I saw the other day, Bailey, she's like a senior, you know? Yeah. Like she was a, a freshman first year, first day moving. And it feels like yesterday. And now all of a sudden she's going to be graduating like a year from right now. So it's cool, man. It, things come full circle for sure. So take me through like that initial, I guess the initial group of people that were kind of hanging out in the CA office common area, because I know for a fact it wasn't me because like you said, I was the one just filling up my water bottle. First of all, when did that kind of start and how did it evolve in front of your eyes as like a breakfast club type of atmosphere? Oh, I think it really kind of took off. I, I'd say the closer that the CA staff got, I think it kind of almost like bounced around to everyone. Um, I mean, again, I know everyone was making personal connections but it's like the closer we got, the more people saw all the goofy, weird stuff we were doing in the CA office and the halls, whatever, just having a blast. And like, I think our community was seeing that, that we just have a good time and 
they were more drawn to hanging out. And I think that's when I, everyone started to come together a little bit more. And uh, it really helped for me and, you know, my staff, obviously I will rave about them for forever, but they were, I like already had known Casey. I already had known Rebecca. Didn't know Emily. Emily actually wasn't even supposed to be on our staff. She was going to be on a, she was an alternate, I believe on a different staff. And then we had one of our CAs leave school actually. So CA leaves school all of a sudden out of nowhere, Emily's like moved into our building on like day four or five of training, whenever it was. And we're moving Emily in, have no idea who she is. And next thing you know, we're all like super close out of nowhere. And it's crazy the bond and connection, how fast it developed. And I think kind of how much it ended up resonating with, you know, everybody in the building. And, you know, then it became a huge like family. So it was, uh, like I said, man, there's very minimal words to explain it, but I would, you know, special comes to mind for me. Some of my favorite things that happen is when I'm, you know, getting Snapchats from anybody from, you know, Babcock or anyone that was visiting Babcock or whatever. And it's just like a snap memory of like, whatever, you know, the, you know, dumb, funny stuff we were up to. And it's just like, it just, that will always hold a special place in my heart just because it was just so, it was so funny because like people would just like come and go. It was usually like the same. It was rare that it was just like a random person, but even yeah. if it was, they just kind of like felt either like they felt at home or they were just like, kind of like these people are like having way too much fun right now. Like what's going on, but it was great. But now you're still a Castleton, but you're no longer doing undergrad. You graduated from your undergrad and you're doing a graduate degree. Yep. How's that going? It's going well, man. I mean, I like it. It's a lot different. Obviously I'm not really on campus. Like I even came back for my last year of wrestling this year. And I really just showed up to the athletic center for practice and then went back to my apartment in Rutland. So it's just like, it's different. I'm not really at Castleton, but I'm doing things involving Castleton. Um, but the, I, I think for many, everyone kind of had to do online or at least more online type of schooling. Um, but for me, it's different because I'm just on, you know, assignments are all due at, on Sunday. You know, you got to get everything you need to get done by Sunday. The, you have the whole week ahead of you. You just do your work. You do your readings, do your discussions. Um, but one thing I've learned, I, I've learned a lot more from my fellow classmates on in certain courses. So like undergrad, you're learning more from your professor. That's just how it is. In the graduate courses, I've noticed I'm learning a lot more from my peers because I think they're all sharing their experiences, their different research, their knowledge in the discussions. And therefore they're teaching me. And, you know, and then the professor's kind of just giving an overview, giving the assignments and giving you your grades at the end of the day. But it's really more of a learn yourself and learn from your classmates through discussions. And, uh, so I, I, I've found it really good and I feel like I'm learning, learning a lot and I think I'm growing a lot in that sense. So it's been, it's been rewarding and it's been nice to know that I've been able to stay at Castleton and do it. Um, just cause that, you know, Castleton meant so much to me as an undergrad. So it's nice to be able to, con you know, continue at Castleton.
planning kind of someday once I finally finish my master's have, you know, two degrees on my wall that say Castleton university. So that's what, uh, you know, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Well, I know you're going to get there and I'm, I'm rooting for you. You know, I want you to do well in life and I want you to do well in your graduate program. Appreciate it, man. We're halfway done. So we got, we got like six more to go. I'll have two done this summer, two done in the fall and then next spring and two more to go. And I'll be, I'll be walking the stage. Finally. You have it. Finally, finally walking the stage. I would be remiss to move on to your wrestling career, which is the next topic without bringing up the Castleton Spartan, the student newspaper, because you and I were integral parts of that, especially our senior year, because we were both on the editing staff, you for only half the year, I believe, right? Um, web editor. <laughs> web editor. Do you, have any, do you have any fun stories that you would like to share from your, you know, your many experiences being a Castleton Spartan reporter writing under the likes of Dave Blow? Oh, man. Similar to the CA, it's just very, very goofy. You know, like just having our day, like daily fun in what, whether we were editing or whether we were in class with Dave and like basically in community, the comm major at Castleton, any course that comm course you're taking, you're probably going to be in with everyone else that's in comm. So it's kind of funny. Like we all had like multiple classes together with basically all of us on the newspaper staff. So it was uh, just kind of the daily goofing off, messing with Dave, um, giving him a good time with all of our catchphrases and everything we used to say and do, you know, just, I appreciated that. That was like, it was fun going around writing stories and stuff. Like I wrote a couple impactful stories I felt like, but for me, that was just kind of to get more experience, do something else on campus you know, another little feather in my cap at Castleton. Um, I know for you guys, it was more career driven. Um, but for me, it was really just have some fun and have a good time. Dude, I'll be honest, that editing staff that we were on, you as the web editor, then that, you know, second semester turned into Leo, who shout out to Leo, did a fantastic job. Shout um, out to Leo. But then you had me as a sports editor. You had Caton as the copy editor, right? And then Brendo, Brendan Crowley, the crow, as your managing editor. And that squad as a whole, that editing group was just like the rapport was like we had all kind of already like you would said had classes together, known each other. And that atmosphere, I feel like definitely came across not only in our work, but in the work of the other reporters. Because like during meetings, we were just very relaxed and laid back and knew we yep. were going to have good work, you know, either from us or from the reporters coming in. It was great. It never um, ends, man. It's just, <laughs> though, like I said, similar to the CA, you know, those memories, even though we didn't get to really finish out, like we hoped, you know, being able to say goodbye to our friends, enjoy a trip to New York city, have those last, you know, however many eight weeks on campus together, you know, that doesn't take away from the memories we did make and the ones that we were able to make with each other. So, you know, at the end of the day, that perspective, you got to walk away with what you can and be grateful for what you have. So, and, you know, I think, I think we all learned a lot from all that perspective, just being grateful for the opportunities when they're there, you know, and it makes you more appreciative of them. Absolutely, man. And what I'm looking forward to the most 
you know, like post again, pandemic, like we had alluded to meeting up with, you know, the Babcock squad, I'm sure the Castlin Spartan newspaper is going to be like our New York city trip got, you know, messed with, let's at least go to Dave's house and hang out for like a day and have all these like one-off, like, you know, kind of was like banging, like get togethers because like we all missed out on that. Like there was so much coming together and like the pandemic really. Yeah. It, did. It, down. it ripped, it ripped everything out from under, you know, us and everybody, you know? So it's, uh, it was tough. It was tough to, to deal with that first, but I think, you know, hindsight, you, you can take a lot away from it. Like I said, with every situation, but, um, you know, this last year, for sure, a lot to be taken away from and, and bring forward in life. So. Well, one thing that I know was definitely impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic that impacted you was wrestling because you did come back for your graduate degree. And because you had years left of eligibility, you decided to come back and finish out. So first I want to ask you what went into that decision. Cause I know that was something that you were, you know, thinking a lot about, especially the spring semester leading into, you know, the pandemic and then your eventual graduate degree, but what, you know, kind of thought process were you, you know, going through, uh, you know, debating whether or not you wanted to step back in the map. Yeah. So uh, I think a lot went into that. Um, you know, if you asked me during the season of my, well, senior academic year, but junior wrestling year, I was like ready to be done. You know, I was, I was ready. You know, I, I was cutting a ton of weight. I, you know, wasn't having the season I had hoped. And then, uh, and then the regional tournament came along and, you know, it was time to lock back in and get back to the nationals. And, um, you know, it just didn't go my way. It was just a, a tough weekend. And, you know, sometimes that happens, especially in wrestling, it just didn't go your way. So, um, I remember I was, I was like crying in the locker room, like bawling my eyes out. Cause I thought that was it. Like I was convinced that was it. Um, my coaching staff talked to me for the coming weeks after and then the pandemic hit, but we kind of left it like, listen, man, you have another year of eligibility. You want to get your master somewhere. Why not just get it here and come back for one more shot, one more rodeo. So, you know, I took some time. I, I got some time off the mat, which helped a lot. And then kind of just thought to myself, man, like that's, that's not how I want to, finish. I don't want to finish like losing that, that way. And, uh, just knowing that I had more, you know, I felt like I had a, I had a bad year. I had a lot going on in my life and I just wasn't as focused as I could have been. And for me, that just, that was never the case. I was always just so super locked into wrestling and I would, I would enjoy it and I didn't enjoy it. So I, I didn't want to walk away with that, you know, as my, as my end. So started training super hard and probably the most I ever have and got the most locked in I ever did for it, for the sport. So it was, uh, you know, and I was ready to go for this last, last go around. Um, and obviously COVID kind of messed that up. So it is, you know, it's tough. It's, it's tough to like hard pill to swallow. That's for sure. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you about that. Um, you know, the nationals being, you know, ultimately canceled due to the pandemic in a bit, but what was it like just the day-to-day -day grind of being on the wrestling team and how was it different 
like you had said, you were going back and forth from your Rutland apartment. But not only that, being being it during a very active, you know, COVID-19 pandemic, what was, you know, different? What safety protocols did you have to be super conscious about, you know, before getting on that mat? So, I mean, yeah, it was different. Um, our team, I think, did really well. They did a great job. Um, it was really just about being dedicated, you know, being locked in on what we were trying to do. And um, every day, well, three times a week, we'd have to get a COVID um, test. So we get tested and three times a week. And uh, basically, it was just being smart, like, making sure you were sticking with like teammates that you were in practice with and like not venturing off and going out and doing all these things, just making that sacrifice for your fellow teammates and your coaching staff and um, just really being locked in to the sport of wrestling. That's really what it boiled down to. Um, You know, some of the other teams struggled. They had, you know, some, the basketball teams had positive cases during their season and, um, and I, and not, not to say that was, you know, their fault, things happen that of course things happen, but our team just stayed super locked in and super focused. And we actually got through the season without any cases. Um, so that was, that was really good, really good thing to, you know, hear and just know that, you know, my, my teammates, they, they put it things into perspective and they did the right thing. Um, so yeah, we were able to go and compete. We had some matches. Um, obviously then it boiled down to nationals, you know, was nationals going to happen? So the NCAA canceled them. Uh, the only division two actually canceled them division two and division one ran NCAAs. D three did not. Um, then the NCWA, which is the, or the NWCA, sorry, the, the national wrestling coaches association, put on the same exact tournament. They did an, they did their own national championships. So we were actually then not allowed to participate by Castleton university. They actually blocked us from going. Um, they, there was a bunch of factors. We, we tried to fight it. We fought it with everything we possibly could. Cause you know, obviously that's, that's what we train for. You know, it's, it's all fine and dandy getting some dual meets and, you know, of course it's more than some schools got this year, but it's also less than all the teams that got to go to this national tournament got. So, you know, I try to keep in perspective and understand, but at the end of the day, you know, we, we, we did our best. We did everything we could and it just didn't work out. They, they didn't allow us to go. So it was, it was tough at first. I, it was really hard to look my teammates in the eyes and just know that, we weren't going to get to go. And, um, it was a tough few weeks, but, uh, I think I, again, always something to take away. I don't regret anything. I don't regret my decision to come back. I don't regret every second of the training and the preparation. You know, I think it really molded me and it, and I finished strong. I went six and oh, I did really well. I beat some really tough guys, some really good guys. Um, and, you know, I got nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to hang my you know head about, about any part of my career. Listen, I've written feature stories for the Spartan, the Rutland Herald about your wrestling career. I know I was only a part of the, you know, last two years of undergrad, but you are a hard worker and I would like to commend you for all your hard work because it is not easy 
to stay disciplined, let alone be, you know, continually cutting weight, continue to stay in the shape that you guys stay in to go six and oh, like you had just said, with everything else going on in the world, it's incredible. But going from the origin story of Max Temple, the origin of Spita, to now, the end of your wrestling career, you know, collegiately, you know, what are some of the highs and some of the lows, some of the ups and downs? And this could be including the, you know, COVID-19 and, you know, Castleton not allowing you to be a part of that end of season wrestling tournament, but the ups and downs, how you got through them, you know, the lows and how you stayed level-headed during the highs to stay focused on the end goal. Yeah. Um, it's funny, man. Wrestling is, uh, is a sport that will show you the highest of the highs, the highest peaks, and it will show you absolutely the lowest of the lows. And and that's just the reality of it. That's the kind of sport it is. It's very unforgiving. It's very grueling. It doesn't care how hard you work for something. It's, it just doesn't, it doesn't care, you know? And, um, you know, I, I had many great moments in my career, whether it's doing really well and winning a, a big match in a dual meet for my team and just getting fired up and like hugging my coaches, hugging my teammates after it, or it was the match that sent me to the national tournament my sophomore year. I just remember like, I got such a adrenaline rush. Like I didn't even know really where I was after. And I, so I had beaten a kid who was like ranked number five in the country in the third place match to go to nationals. So that was like the do or die match. You win that you're going, you're getting your plane ticket. You lose your head and home with your, you know, tail between your legs. And, um, it was a really tough match. The kid was really strong, really good, bigger than me. He was a lot bigger than me. Um, but I kind of just stayed focused and, you know, trusted my coaches, trusted myself and found a way to win it. And I remember just running up to my coach and jumping up and giving them a big hug and then going up to my family and hugging them. And it's just one of those moments you'll never forget. I'll never forget that moment. And then being able to go to the nationals and compete in that on the biggest stage of them all. Um, you know, I, I thought about that my whole life being, being a, you know, a six, seven year old, eight year old, and uh, just thinking about someday being a college wrestler and being at the national tournament. And um, it was cool, even though the tournament didn't go the way I hoped, it was cool to live out that dream and be on those mats. Um, and, you know, those good times, those are the best, you know, obviously, but I think I learned a lot more from the lows and, you know, disappointing regional tournaments, tough, tough weight cuts in the middle of the week, just, thinking, why am I doing this? Why, what am I doing? Um, and just going through those heartbreaks that wrestling gives you and it, it, it really humbles you and it really teaches you a lot about life. And I think I'm really going to be able to take away a lot more from those as much as the winning and the triumphs are, are really fun to look back on. Um, the heart, the hardships, that's what is going to mold me and has molded me into who I am today. And you know, who I plan to be for the rest of my life. So it's, uh, it's, it's rewarding in both aspects, no matter what the good or the bad. Um, but again, grateful for all the moments with my teammates and my coaches and, and, uh, I have no regrets. Well, that's always the best way to live, right? Living a life with no regrets, you know? Absolutely. So now my last question 
for you in regards to wrestling? It is something that is uh, connected to your wrestling at, you know, CU. It has to do with, you know, two words. Well, one word. Twice. (laughs) (laughs) It is get, get the get, get mindset. I know that you have told me the story of like how it originated, but I would like to hear it again here on this show. I want to hear the origin of that mindset and how it played a role, not only on your wrestling or throughout the rest of your wrestling career, but in life up to this point as well. Yep. So it's funny that same national tournament that I was just talking about, you know, being my dream being realized. So like, this was like after I had been eliminated and I was like, kind of just walking around the arena, whatever. Like, I, you know, at the end of the day, as much as I didn't try to come in with this mindset and as much as I didn't, I didn't wrestle this way. I, I gave it all I had, but I think a part of me afterwards, I wasn't, I wasn't upset enough. In my opinion, I wasn't angry enough with the fact that I wasn't an all American and I, I really should have been, I mean, I, I messed up. So it's, uh, it's something that, that I have to, you know, think about, but my coach pointed it out that he's like, he just like sat me down and like started talking to me and is like, what are you happy about? Like, well, I'm like, I'm not happy, but you know, I'm, but he's like, you're not upset. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I made it to nationals. He's like, that's, are you really satisfied with that? And he's like, there's two things you can do in life. You either get, get, or you get got, what do you think you did this weekend? And I'm like, looking at him, I'm like, what the, what is this guy talking about? Uh, I'm like, uh, get got. And he's like, yup. So, and then he kind of just, and he just kind of explained to me like, get get is getting getting up every day getting after it and never being satisfied never being never being okay with being normal or uh moderate or just it's always just striving for that next that next bar and uh and i and he basically flat out told me to my face that i settled and he's right you know i think i settled that weekend and i was okay with the fact that a kid that I lost to in double overtime and I out wrestled in that match was an all American and I wasn't. So he made, he made a good point. And ever since that, that conversation and to him, that conversation might be very minimal. It might be like something that is, you know, he, he can, he'll barely remember it. But to me, I will remember that conversation for the rest of my life. And, um, you know, now every day I live the get, get mindset and that's just, you know, getting after it, striving to be the best that I can be in every aspect of life. And I, I try to live it as best I can. And I try to instill that and inspire others through that. Um, cause you know, I really, I really truly believe in the idea that everybody holds something great inside of them and they're just not they're just not pulling it out of them. They don't believe that they can, they don't work for it. And I I just want people to realize, like, I don't want people to leave something on the table that the world is missing out on and and something that they're missing out on. So that's really what get get is. That's where it originated. And, you know, it's, it's just something I try to live every day. So. Now I know you have the get get fitness Instagram account. You had just said how you don't want people to 
you know, leave something on the table, leave something on un- unrealized, you know, like whether it's like a talent, whatever, whatever they can give to this earth, let's say. Is that a reason behind the Instagram account? Cause I know you post like inspirational type videos of like, you know, words of wisdom or like words to, you know, ponder for the day about, you know, pursuing your dreams and all that. Was that kind of like a driving force for that? Or is that just how you live your life anyway? And it's just like a coincidence that they align so well. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I started that, that account literally when the pandemic basically started, um, that like first week in being sent home in quarantine, I started it because, you know, I wasn't doing much undergrad was pretty easy at that point. And I was just kind of chilling, riding the wave till May. And, um, but I was still training a lot and, you know, I was like, it started out as like, it's going to be like a fitness page, whatever, just kind of go along my fitness, you know, fitness journey, whatever. But then I started to really get into the mindset piece of it. And it became more of like less showing workouts and more just like, I'll throw in workouts because I think a part, a big part of get, get is like getting after it every day, physically and mentally, and like pushing yourself past your limits. And I do that through fitness. I do that through my workouts. And so that's, it's kind of a blend of both, but it's more of a mindset now. And I just use kind of the fitness realm to kind of display that. Um, but it's more just kind of about inspiring people and and giving them giving them that thought, that hope, like, what am I doing today to be better? Like, how am I improving in, in any aspect of life? I'm not just talking about your fitness goals. I'm talking about, you know, working for that promotion or working for that 4.0. Um, it's, it's really every aspect of life. That's what get, get truly, you know, emphasizes is not just one aspect. It's all aspects. And, and generally if you're, if you're being lazy in one aspect of your life, that will probably trickle down into other areas of your life. So I think it's important to try to keep all aspects in mind when you're working towards something. I completely agree. And that will honestly perfectly segue to my next topic, which is positivity. Because Max, you and I are, I would consider myself a pretty positive, you know, person. I try to be, have, you know, a positive outlook. The pandemic certainly was not easy to get through being positive and all that, but I tried. And I know for a fact you are um, because you inspire me to try and be positive every day, partially in part to this Instagram account that you just so eloquently detailed for all of us. But why do you work so hard to strive for that, you know, positivity? Like, why is it that you go the extra mile, like on this Instagram account, you know, to post that type of message? Why is it that maybe if you see someone like I know you were one of the people on, you know, CU's, you know, uh, you know, day to day grind walking around campus and being like, hey, how's everyone doing? Making eye contact with people, getting your head out of the screen. So, like, what motivates you to strive for that? You know, I just I mean, I guess ever since I was like a younger kid, I just have uh, I feel like I have a lot of compassion for people, you know. I just, I've always been like a nice person, not really like ever suit, you know, it's funny. I wrestle and I'm aggressive on the map, but like, I'm such, I'm just like a gentle individual outside of it. Um, so it's like, it's weird. You know, I've always just kind of had a lot of compassion and just been just nice and tried to just be genuine as genuine as possible with people. Um, 
so kind of growing up, I was always positive, but I think it's really elevated as time has gone, you know, especially getting into college wrestling and showing, you know, what it takes to reach your goals and stuff. And it's just trying to keep in that mindset of like, you know, you gotta, you gotta believe in yourself. You're never going to reach your, you could do all the training and preparation in the world, but if you don't have any belief in yourself, you're not going to, you're not going to reach your goals. Um, so kind of learning that lesson, I think is really kind of elevated the positivity because, you know, if I'm not in a good mindset, if I'm negative, I'm not going to enjoy training. I'm not going to enjoy cutting weight. Well, even, even if I remain positive, I'm probably not going to enjoy cutting weight, but I'm going to enjoy it more than I would if I'm being super down and negative and all that's sorry, my dropped the plate. (laughs) Listen, man, it's happened to me multiple times. So no worries. (laughs) Um, but, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, just kind of keeping in that mindset of being positive. And I think it started to rub off on other people. They were seeing what I was doing and, and like, I've had some people just reach out to me over the time I've had this page and they've said like, listen, I love what you're doing. Like I've been, I've been in a rut and a lot of people were in ruts during the pandemic. You know, it's just the reality. It, it took a lot away from everyone. Um, but I, I, they told me I've been in a rut and like, I've been seeing what you're doing. I've been seeing what you're putting out there. And this is someone like I barely talked to. And they said, like, you, like you're, you're firing me up right now. Like I, like I went for like a three mile run last night or something, you know, it's just small things like that. And like, to me, I'm just putting stuff out. I had no idea really. Like I was impacting some people in small ways and and I think that that meant a lot to me. Uh-huh. How does that make you feel? Like I was going to ask you, like, how do you feel? You say it means a lot to you, but like having someone like you said, you barely even really interacted with saying that this is it, that this has, you know, touched them in any way, whether it was a big or a small way. How does that make you feel knowing that you were able to do that? I think the lesson, and this is something that I learned more from a, a really important person in my life. Kelsey Kittleson. She was like growing up, she was like a little sister to me. Um, when she was in, when she was like 14 years old, she got diagnosed with brain cancer and she ended up battling for two years and passed away. But she always kind of showed me that like being, being kind and like everything you do, like the smallest things that you do or say they can impact someone in a, in a small way, in a big way. Well, I, I think it boils down to everything you do or say, never, never think that what you do or say doesn't impact someone or have a huge implication on what it could do for their future. Um, you know, I think if you choose to be the light in someone's life, if you choose to be kind and to inspire, that person is going to take a lot away from it and you could change their life forever. And I, I really believe that the smallest actions, the smallest words, they have huge impacts and that could go the other way. That could be, you could completely damage someone. You could completely ruin them. So I think it's important to be doing the right things and, but believe that we have a lot of greater impact than we think we do. And again, that comes up, that comes back to the self-belief, you know, it's all that you got to believe in yourself and you got to believe in the impact and the mark you leave on people and, and the world as a whole. I completely agree with you because I was going to say 
one of the driving forces for me, one of the reasons I try and stay positive is because for as long as I can remember, I've always kind of thought like, if it's not me, then like, who is it going to be? Cause if it's not me, if someone's not inspiring me to do it, like I'm not going to be inspiring anybody else by not doing it. And then no one's going to be positive. You know what I mean? And that is very not true. Like someone I don't know could be incredibly positive that I never even meet, but it's just that kind of like, it motivates me to always be positive to try and keep the positivity around me to kind of keep bringing positivity to everyone's lives. Because if I rub off on somebody else, they can rub off on their parents or their, you know, spouses or partners or whatever. And it just circle keeps getting bigger. Yeah. It, I mean, it sounds cliche, but it's, it truly is contagious. You know, it, it can be. And I think, uh, again, just knowing, knowing the impact we have on others, um, is something, is something good to keep in mind. And I think knowing that you're impacting others, I really think that's going to change your point of view on your own life. And, um, it certainly made me believe like, maybe I should be doing more with this. You know, maybe I should put more time and energy into this. Um, it certainly makes me think that on a daily basis. Well, Max, I'm going to bring us on to our next little thing here, which I'm going to call currently gut reaction. Name subject to, you know, change. It's not a very creative name, (laughs) but it's going to, it's going to be a recurring segment on the show where I throw out five, um, you know, questions with where it's like, you have this or you have this. And some of them are going to have more weight than others. And you'll see as the, segment goes on what I mean. I'm going to start off with a very tough one. I would imagine. Quick question. Yes. 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 I'm going to be giving you my gut reaction. Am I going to be explaining why after, or am I, are we just going to rapidly go to the next one? No. So I want your gut reaction. You you aren't able to change your answer, but like for some of these, it'll definitely spur some more conversation after that. I want to get into regardless. All right. So I'm starting off with a very hard one for you. You're a huge Spider-Man geek as I am, as you can tell by the Spider-Verse poster on the wall behind me. But so this one is one that has more weight. So it's either Spider-Man 4, you know, like the, uh, you know, Toby Maguire Spider-Man 4, that was rumored to be happening. That never happened, yeah. So it actually happens. It never gets canceled. Okay. Or Tom Holland debuts as Spider-Man in Captain America Civil War. So what actually happened? So you either get that or you get Spider-Man four with Tobey Maguire and whatever else they were doing. I think, I think Vulture was supposed to be one of the villains in it. Uh, I'm I'm going to go, I'm going to go with civil war. I'm going to go with Tom Holland, Spider-Man being born. (laughs) I agree, honestly, because I think that, and I don't know if you agree with this and we're going to get into, I wanted this to get into the Spider-Man conversation, but for me, the best, uh, the best, Peter Parker is Tobey Maguire. The best Spider-Man in terms of like the wittiness is Garfield, but the best at both is Tom Holland. Like, I think he is the best. I agree with you. I've been someone who's been saying that for like two years now. I think, I think Tom does it really well in both senses. And, you know, Toby was awesome at Peter and, 
I wasn't big on Garfield, but I do understand like what people are saying. Like he just was better in, with the mask on, you know, he was better. I just think he had, he brought too much of like this cool persona to like Peter Parker. Yeah. Whereas like Toby did it awesome. And Tom is just goofy, so he can do it all, you know? Yeah, for me with Andrew Garfield, I always think back to, like, the first scene of him at Spider-Man where he's, like, with just, like, some thug, and he's just, like, webbing him to the wall, and he's just being, like, obnoxiously, like, witty and, like, just, like, annoyingly funny. Like, he would be in, like, the old school, you know, amazing Spider-Man comics. And I was like, that is so great, because, like, that's, like, what the character is, you know? Like, he gets more, you know... He gets more of that witty, uh, you know, confidence with the mask on. Absolutely. So now that's going to bleed into the, uh, you know, rumor has it that uh, Spider-Man is going to potentially be a live action Spider-Verse film with the likes of Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire and Willem Dafoe reprising or reprising. I don't know their their roles, you know, how excited are you for that prospect? I know it hasn't been confirmed, but. I am very excited for that. Um, I'm counting down the days, December 17th, 2021. And uh, I will be going multiple times. I will be going with my my friends. I'll be dragging my girlfriend, Emily. I will be probably going with my dad. I'll be going with my coworkers. Like I'm going, it's going to be end game all over again, or at least I'm hoping fingers crossed it's worth going like five or six times. Um, yeah, I'm super hyped up. I so I think it's happening. I think it's happening because they already confirmed Molina to come back as, as Doc Ock. And apparently they're using like the de-aging technology or whatever. So he's gonna be literally coming right from when he sunk did the sunk the portal thing that I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. I'd have to rewatch that. Great, great movie, Spider-Man 2. Fantastic film, but go on. Yeah, absolutely. So he's apparently going to be coming right from there. And then obviously there is Electro from Garfield's Spider-Man. Yeah, Jamie Foxx's, yeah. And I heard he's getting a suit upgrade because he looked really goofy in that one. I I'll thought. be honest, I didn't see the second Amazing Spider-Man movie. I didn't. You're not, I, not missing anything. <laughs> You're not missing a single thing. Dude, I was a fan of Spider-Man three, even though it's like objectively not good. <laughs> like it's. I I just like it. Have you ever seen the Bully Maguire YouTube videos? No, yeah, I, I like it know. for the that created those, which are so funny. It's just basically like them taking. Toby when he's in like the black all black suit like not the Spider-Man suit but the one where he's like dancing around flopping his hair around yeah they made they like put him in random movie scenes like they put him on like Darth Maul when he fought like Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon but anyways I just I'm like fired up because those if those two are confirmed I mean come on they're they're going in that direction um they have to be I will say that like I'm assuming that you saw far from home. Yep. Very good. Jake Gyllenhaal was fantastic. He was. Um, but when I saw J Jonah Jameson pop up at the end, I was I, thinking it, I'm assuming that they're, you know, spoilers or whatever. It's been years since this film was released, but J Jonah Jameson is now in Marvel cinematic universe. Canon. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's back. 
and uh you know simmons is he's doing that role too yeah and so that's that's what told me that they were potentially going to do that now obviously in the last year things have gotten you know even further along and the, there's so many theories i certainly have my theory of what i think is going to happen because i've just been reading like all of them but as you had already mentioned my favorite my the one i'm most excited for is actually not even like toby I am super excited to see Toby. Don't get me wrong, but mine is Willem Dafoe. I need to see him as the goblin once again. And I'm so excited about that one. My older brother, James, huge. He's like, he's like right now rewatching everything in order from the MCU. So he's even watching agents of shield. Whenever those episodes fall in the chronological timeline, he was like just watching daredevil. I think season two on Netflix or whatever it is. He's like getting back into it, like hardcore. But a few weeks ago, it might've been a month or two ago now, actually, he had mentioned to me that there was rumor that supposedly Willem Dafoe's goblin is going to like step out of this, you know, because they're kind of, you know, breaking reality. So he's going to step out of like a portal from his reality into Holland's reality. And then he becomes this MCU's, you know, green goblin somehow. And then like the portal just like closes behind him. I heard that too. I heard that they were going to use him moving forward as like the MCU's Norman Osborn and Green Goblin, which I would be a hundred percent on board with. He does an amazing job. He's just, I always thought he was a guy that should have been like the Joker. Like, I just think he could have like done that role really well, but I hope that is true. Cause I've heard like all the theories, like Sinister Six is going to come together. They're going to, you know, the three Spider-Men are going to team up and defeat them. And then uh, somehow Defoe's Goblin's going to live and he's going to just wreak havoc, be the MCU, you know, Goblin from then on. And then other thing I think is going to happen is Daredevil. Netflix is Daredevil. I, I don't know his name. I can't think of his name, but he is going to be introduced in the MCU as Daredevil. I think he's going to be like Tom Holland's lawyer or something. something My older brother said the same stuff. I think you're reading the same stuff as him because I've heard yeah. this all before. <laughs> yeah. So I think he's going to be Tom's lawyer and well, Peter's lawyer. Yeah. And he's going to be introduced in some way. We already know Dr. Strange is going to be in it. So it's going to be so good, man. It's oh. going to be such a, so good. I got one more question for you though. What do you think? So in the comics, Ned Leeds is the hobgoblin. So, you know, Ned in the MCU is like the nicest, most pure individual, like to ever roam the earth. But in the comics, Ned Leeds is the hobgoblin. So now also he has been rumored to he's like dropped like over a hundred pounds, which is like, some people are predicting that he's trying to get his hobgoblin on. Like he's getting, he's getting in shape to be like a villain and stuff like that. So I'm like, well, I don't know how you could turn that character though into the hobgoblin. I mean, it's, it's gotta be, somehow you know norman osborne kidnaps him or something and puts him in one of those you know tanks with the with the goblin juices you know getting all up into his uh immune system something something like along those lines but But i would love that to be honest that'd be perfect it'd be interesting it would be like the complete change of character would be 
I think it would be fantastic. Absolutely. So now number two of this gut reaction segment definitely does not hold as much weight. You can only have one of these for the rest of your life. One or the other pizza or wings wings. You're a wing guy. Yeah. What is your go-to wing? Like your uh, sauce flavor. Medium buffalo, probably. Dude, I as a vegan, I will say I've been getting these cauliflower bites, which I would say Ooh. are like a vegan version of like, you know, like boneless wings, let's say. They're very good. I get plain ones. I dip them in vegan ranch. Yeah. Nothing beats it, but I would go for pizza. Sounds good. It sounds really good. Oh, it is. I, we had actually, uh, Emily air fried some, uh, cauliflower last night and I had some for lunch today. Very good. It Very is. Good. Very good. You call, I think that, you know, cauliflower is underrated. I think it is it's very true. underrated. We, we make Buffalo cauliflower. So we'll like throw Buffalo sauce over it. Yeah. Mel's, uh, really Mel's huge into the Buffalo. Yeah. Um, if you put some, uh, regular ground black pepper on my sandwich, I start to sweat because I can't deal with how spicy black pepper is. But you're not big on the spice. So. I'm not, not big on it. I like the taste of pepper, but if like, for some reason, like I'm like, <laughs> just, just like incredibly just Irish pepper. when it comes to these things. Yeah. You know, um, number three, the Los Angeles chargers win the super bowl or the Boston Red Sox win the World Series. One or, well, one or the other. The other one dude, will never happen again. Dude, L- LA Chargers winning a Super Bowl. I figured you would. I've waited my life. whole life for that. Like, I, I like the Red Sox, but, like, I'm a casual baseball fan. Like, I'm really into the football. Like, that's my favorite. Like, other than, like, international world wrestling and, like, UFC, I don't really follow sports super heavy. Like, I, I'll, like, keep up with them, watch maybe the playoffs. But NFL, I'm tuned in every week watching the Chargers. So, yeah, absolutely, 100%. I need that Super Bowl. At some point in my lifetime, I'd really like it for my dad to see it because he's suffered for, like, decades now. So, it'd be – I hope that uh, Herbert can take us to the promised land. That's what What I'm praying for. What if I switched out the Red Sox for the Knicks? Because I know prior to recording, you had said, you know, Knicks are winning this series in seven. Are you more of a Knicks fan? Would you want them to win the chip? Or would you still prefer the Chargers? Still Chargers. Is it by, like, a large margin? Oh, huge, dude. Huge. I've seen – in my lifetime, I've gotten to see four World Series championships by the Red Sox. I'm set – at this point in my life, I don't even really follow baseball as much anymore. Like I'll know how the Red Sox do, but that's about it. Like I'm not tuning in anymore really as much as I used to as a kid, as a kid I did because I really liked baseball growing up. And, but now I'm just really just kind of into newer things and football was always my favorite. So it's still, it's pretty much the only thing I care about today. So well, interesting because I'm a Giants fan and I think we're winning the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> Good luck, buddy. Danny Dimes, dude, last year I was joking around with Adam. Shout out to Adam Mitchell. Um, but I was joking around with him. This was right before Saquon got hurt. Like the week leading oh. up to that freaking game, I was like, dude, co MVPs this year, Danny Dimes and Saquon Barkley. And then Saquon <laughs> got hurt the next game. That's a wishful thinking. No, honestly, honestly, I think you guys, as long as you kind of like the Chargers, if you stay healthy this year, you could definitely be in the playoffs. Yeah, the like, NFC East, I think, is going to be more 
entertaining for sure. Cause I think that the Cowboys are going to be good with Dak again. I think that Fitzpatrick in Washington is going to be very good. Yeah. And we I play, think we've we really played a football team week one, the Chargers there. Yeah. I know that the Giants have been buffing up, you know, signing a lot of guys. So I think that dude, Kenny Galladay is really good. If he stays healthy, he's really good. Health he, is a big he, question. He was on my fantasy team last year and I loved him and hated him at the same time. <laughs> Cause he would, I would throw him in a game and he'd drop like 20 and then he'd get hurt. And then he'd be out for like three weeks and I'd be like, Oh, you're so good. But like, what good are you? But if he stays healthy, you're setting Daniel Jones up to succeed this year. If everyone is healthy. I think if they don't, the way other teams are handling quarterbacks, he won't be our quarterback much longer if he doesn't succeed no. this year. I think they're going to move on from him. If he doesn't do it this year, that he's probably going to be gone. And that's just the reality of it. The league is moving fast. Darnold's already out. I think he'll do well in Carolina. I agree. So. I agree. Well, let's move on here to number four, which is you can either have super strength or super speed as your superpower. Super speed. Yeah. Super speed. Dude, so cool. It's gotta be, it's, it's gotta be super speed, super, super speed. And you just can't ever catch them. You can't like, dude. You almost have like super strength cause you have super speed. Exactly. Yeah. If I, you can either punch me once and I'm like dead on impact probably. Right. If you have super strength or if you have super speed, you're just doing like, you know, like the, the quick, you know, punching bag type thing on someone's chest and they're, they're not gonna be able to breathe after that. Yeah. Don't demonetize the podcast. I'm not I, looking to. I always think of, uh, I always think of that one scene. It was like the only like DC scene that I feel like is like worth mentioning. I'm not a DC fan, but anyways, it was the, I think it was the justice league when like they're fighting Superman is like running, like running around him. And, and like, he's just like following him with his eyes. And it's like, how is Superman like keeping up with it? How does he like see him? That was just like a really cool scene to me because like Flash is Flash, like no one sees Flash, and yeah, exactly. Superman's just like following him with his eyes. I'm like, oh my gosh! It's Superman. That I haven't I I haven't seen the Snyder cut. Have you? No, it's no. too long. It's like four <laughs> hours. I'll I'm probably like, still end up watching it, even though yeah, I've I've seen none will. of the other movies leading into. I will it. eventually. All right, so I know you're an Avatar: The Last Airbender fanatic, just like I am. Bigger Naruto fan, just saying. But All right. yeah, so I love this, Avatar, though. So, and this might be an easy question for you. It, it, it might not. You either get to have tea and play Pie Show with Uncle Iroh, or you get bitten by a radioactive spider and get to learn the ropes from Peter Parker himself. Oh, Big one to end on here. I got it. I got to go with getting spider powers i mean i just think there's more i can do i i love uncle iroh i'd love to just you know drink some tea and talk about philosophy and wisdom all day long but i'd rather be slinging webs around and having a good time this guy man that guy right there <laughs> uncle iroh i think i would pick iroh just because i have spider-man for the ps4 and i can just do that oh, that is a good point that is a good <laughs> point. did you did you play miles morales I haven't be, because I said to myself, I'm going to play Spider-Man again before I play Miles Morales. So I'm like uh, into it. And I just like have not played it after like starting the campaign again, which, yeah. 
incredible, incredible campaign, incredible game, incredible web mechanics. And I know Miles Morales is going to be just as good once I get around to it. It's an awesome game. You'll love it. (laughs) Well, Max. Same stuff, but more, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've seen things where like the like they didn't just do like a copy and paste like they made it like where he would move like Miles Morales as Spider Man would move and whatever. It's I heard they did a really good job with it. Yep, you'll love it. Don't you worry. <laughs> I have one more question for you outside of this segment. It's a tough question, but I need to know: Would you ever consider a career? In professional wrestling, would you ever put on the pro wrestling boots, the trunks, take your prowess of NCAA wrestling to the WWE or all elite wrestling or New Japan pro wrestling, Max Temple? Would you would you uh, be going? I don't know. No, probably not. Probably not. You know, I'm like I'm like content and happy with where I'm at. I'd rather avoid getting like concussed at this point <laughs> or like jumping off a ladder and getting destroyed, you know? <laughs> so no, I'm good. I'm good. I think, uh, I think I'll be fine in the, uh, the financial world and, uh, doing some side endeavors, you know? Well, listen, when you sign with WWE, I better be the first interview. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I, I, you got, you got my word. You, you better be Crozier, coming right back here. Crozier can listen to this. I will give you the first interview. Don't worry, Crozier. I'll give you the second. I'm going to be bringing that up to Croge. (laughs) All right. Well, listen, Max, I appreciate the time. It's been a blast. I've enjoyed the conversation. I'm sure our listeners will enjoy the conversation. Real quick, plug your plugs, social media accounts, upcoming stuff. What do you got? All righty. So you can follow my Instagram account, the Get Get Mindset. So it's actually Get Get all lowercase underscore mindset. That's my plug. Um, I, I would talk about, I'm eventually going to do a podcast, but that's down the line. Not going to do it, do that now. Cause it's not in develop. It's not fully developed yet, but I will say tune in September 11th, 2021. I will be running in the Spartan beast. And uh, that's a half marathon with like 30 strength and conditioning obstacles in between. Um, I'm looking to do really well there and place like top 10. Um, so we'll see what happens. It's my first Spartan, but I will be ready to go and going to try to make a splash in that event. So appreciate you having me, Jay. It's been a blast, man. And, uh, I can't wait to have some people hear this. Hey man, I can't wait for them to hear it. I'm sure you'll be able to follow along with your journey of getting to that race on the get, get fitness account. Oh Yeah. You know Max, it. until next time, it's been great seeing you, brother. Get, get. I hear you. All that get, jazz. Get, I hear you, brother. Enjoy. I will uh, be seeing you soon.